0: chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3. If you don't know where Genesis is, go to the book of Revelation, which is the last book of the Bible, and hang a left. And you'll get there eventually. No, seriously, Genesis is the first uh, book of the Bible, so uh, (laughs) Genesis chapter 3. Obviously, you can imagine, as a pastor, I get asked a lot of questions, particularly by some people. Right, Brandon? (laughs) (laughs) But no, seriously, uh, you know, people ask me a lot of very, very difficult questions. And the one that I dislike the most is the question is why did god allow this why did god not stop that drunk driver from crossing the, the yellow line and killing a family or a person or whatever Why can't God stop men from doing horrible things? Why did God not stop a man from touching me inappropriately? These are all questions that if we are honest with ourselves, we have asked in one form or another, have we not? Does anybody know the answer to that question? Because of sin. See, God God has given us something that is incredibly precious. And with every... Great thing that we own, there is responsibility that comes with every great thing, Amen. is it not? <clears throat> the The thing that the very precious thing that God has given each and every one of us uh, this evening is is what we're talking about tonight, and that is individual soul liberty. as we are going through the <clears throat> the uh, Baptist distinctives, this is the I in Baptist, individual soul liberty. And <clears throat> we are going to be talking about this and 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 there are aspects of this that i I am, pretty sure that many of you have no idea how, well, how much it has impacted our lives. Let's start reading in Genesis chapter 3, in verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord hath made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, ye shall not uh, eat of every fruit of the garden, And the woman said unto unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree, uh, trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree in which uh, is is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, is that what God told them? That is not what God told them. Verse 4, And the serpent said unto the woman, Uh, Ye shall not surely die, for the Lord uh, doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good from evil. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eye. And the tree to be desired to make one wise she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave it unto her husband with with her and he did eat and the eyes of them both were opened and they <clears throat> knew that they had that they were naked and they sowed fig leaves together uh, and made themselves aprons Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so very much for this day, and I want to thank you for your precious love, and I want to thank you for the gift of individual soul liberty. Help us, dear God, to not only uh, learn of this important attribute that you've given us, but Lord, help us to understand our responsibility as as, as believers in Jesus Christ. Uh, We love you and we thank you, for it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. So what happened? God made Adam and Eve, and he gave them a free will. He gave them the ability to choose. He has given each and every one of us the ability to choose individual, soul, liberty. How, as a pastor, do I console a family who has just lost a loved one because of the actions of someone else? And they ask me the question, why didn't God stop that individual? And the answer is what? That individual made a choice. Recently, I was speaking with somebody in this in this realm, and I said, "Let me let me ask you a question." Because they 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 understood what I was trying to say, but they couldn't quite wrap their head around it because of the grief that they were in. And I, and I said, "Let me ask you a question. If you were, <clears throat> if 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 you would want God to do what you just said you wanted God to do, and that is." To stop everybody from doing something bad, what would we then end up being? Exactly, we would end up being nothing but a bunch of robots and a little uh, uh, pawns on a on a big chessboard. But the thing that separates us from being that is individual soul liberty. The 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 fact that I as an individual. Make my own choices. June 23rd, 1980, on board the USS Frank Cable, I chose to be saved. I chose that. It wasn't forced on me. Since then, and before then, there have been many... Choices that I have made that I have lived to regret. How many of you would say that you have made choices that you wish you had never made? We all we're, we're all guilty of that on multiple layers. But for the grace of God. Now, <clears throat> one of the at uh, one of the things that we've talked about <clears throat> uh, is is the P in Baptist, and that is the priesthood of the believer. And oftentimes, people mix up or get confused with the difference between the priesthood of the believer and individual soul liberty. So, <clears throat> before we go any further, I want to make sure that everybody understands the difference there. Uh, can anybody tell me the basic tenet of the priesthood of the believer. Okay, it is the fact that we, because of the blood of Christ, have access to God. Okay, so it, it has nothing to do with our choices, but it has everything to do with our access to God. Does that make sense? Okay individual soul liberty is totally different it is talking about the fact that you and I make our own choices <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> first Peter chapter 2 verse 9 but ye are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Uh, a peculiar people that you sh- should show forth the praises of Him who hath caused you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Again, speaking of the priesthood, the fact that we are priests, we have access to an almighty God. Individual soul liberty, here's the definition of it. This is the belief that every individual, rather a believer or unbeliever, has the liberty to choose what his conscience and soul decides is best. Think about that for a minute. When God put within us the ability to choose, he did that for the saved and the unsaved. We have the ability to choose what our actions will be, determined by our conscience and the way we think is that does that make sense? now, do we have the option of choosing the consequences of our choices? No, we do not now our choices, oftentimes, if we are wise, will take consequences into consideration before making choices. Okay, I'm going to pick on, pick on my daughter here for a little bit. When she, was, when she was, how old was Ashley with the phone thing? About a year? Oh, no. she was in the room, so... so, nine months old. When Ashley was nine months old, those of you that are my age and older will know what I'm talking about. We had a telephone, okay? A wall telephone, telephone. it hung on the wall. Okay, how many of you remember those things? Okay, all right. Okay, we had a telephone, and it was a puke brown, uh, and (laughs) yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay, this telephone was in the kitchen. Well, we lived at the time in a house that was about 900 square feet. And, and you know, we were newly married and, hey, that, it was great for us. And, you know, anyway, the kitchen was basically right in the middle of the house. And how many of you understand the pain it was when the phone rang? So you would have to run to the phone and you were, you were tethered to the phone. Okay, you remember that? Okay, do you remember the the incredible invention of the 20-foot cord? Okay, (laughs) you young people are probably going, what? Okay, they invented this curly cord that when it stretched out, because our house was so small, she could, I say she because I was never home, We could, if we were talking on the phone, just about cover the entire house when that thing was fully extended. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. Well, when the phone was not in use, it it hung all the way to the floor, almost almost all the way to the floor. Yeah, I mean it stopped. Well, by the time we stretched it out a few times, it ended up hitting the floor. <clears throat> well, when Ashley was about nine months old and, and teething, she wanted to chew on that cord because it, I'm sure it felt good to her gums. You, you know, you figure, yeah, you, you you think of a curly cord and it's rubbery, and you, you, her her uh, gums are hurting, and <clears throat> it makes perfect sense. Well, the problem is th- th- those things are dirty. So, yeah, especially it hangs the kitchen in on the floor. So <clears throat> she had this little walker thing, and she would scoot into the kitchen, and she would go to the cord, and she'd put it in her mouth. Well, Melanie or I would slap her hand, take it out, and we'd take the walker and slide it over, and guess what she would do? Right back to that thing. It's it's a miracle. It's a miracle that her hands are not deformed today. I mean, her little hands would get just red. I would I would sit. In the the living room, which was right next to the kitchen, when you live in a 900 square foot, everything is connected. You know what I mean? I would sit in the living room, and I would watch her at nine months old. She she would scooch her little thing over, and she would look at the cord. And I'd sit there, and I'd say, don't do it don't don't do it, Ashley and and she would look, I'm not kidding. she would look at the cord, she'd look at me, she'd look at the cord, she'd look at me, and then she'd reach out and grab it. okay? <clears throat> why why did I tell you that story? Not to embarrass Ashley because she was only nine months old. <clears throat> now I could tell you teenager stories, but no I won't. <laughs> But, but seriously, at nine months old, she was making a choice. Okay, I know if I touch this thing, dad's going to walk over, take it away from me, and slap my hand. But it tastes so good. So what happened? Nine months old, you could see the wheels spinning. And the consequences were not enough of a deterrent to making the choice that she wanted to make. See, we all make choices. She had no, she had no control over the consequences. But she knew what the consequences would be. I feel absolute zero sympathy for anybody who gets arrested for drunk driving. Zero sympathy. Because before they put the first drink or smoked the first joint or whatever, they knew what the consequences would be if they got caught. See, we all have the ability to make choices. Turn over, if you would, to Romans chapter 14. That's in the New Testament. Yeah, I, I thought I'd just throw that out there, be friendly. Uh, 14, Romans chapter 14. Let's start reading in verse 5. One man esteemeth one day above another, and another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind that he regardeth the day, regardeth it unto the Lord, and that he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, uh, he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he that giveth, uh, God thanks, and he that eateth not uh, to the Lord, uh, he eateth not and uh, giveth God thanks. For none of us live liveth to ourselves. That, that, let me stop right there. Well, let, let me finish the verse. No man dieth to himself. It is an absolute lie that Satan feeds people when he tells you that your sin will not affect anybody but you. Amen. No man... No man liveth unto himself, no man dieth to himself. Verse 8 <clears throat> For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. <clears throat> For this end, Christ both died and rose, and received, uh, that he might be Lord both of the dead and living. But why dost thou judge thy brother or why dost thou set at naught thy brother for he excuse me for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ for it is written as I live saith the lord every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to god so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Now, <clears throat> with the responsibility of individual soul liberty comes the consequences of individual soul liberty. Here on earth, if you get a ticket for drunk driving, for speeding, uh, uh, you get arrested for robbery, whatever, there are consequences to these things. And we know that and we understand that. Likewise, every choice you make is a choice that you will answer to. Every man will give an account. God has put within us also a, a conscience. It is our conscience that is a God-given device to help steer us in our choice-making. <clears throat> I I was talking to my sister uh, who is a believer uh, now. Those of you know, she got saved a couple years ago. And my sister was, uh, she she's moved, she retired and she moved to California where my, my brother-in-law is working. And, and when he retires in about a year, they're going to, uh hit, they're going to hit the road uh, so to speak and and live in an RV for a few years but anyway uh, my sister is trying to find a church and she said <clears throat> this one particular she mentioned a church and she said I I just there's something inside of me telling me not to go to this church what is that Okay that that is that's the spirit of God okay now there's a difference between the spirit of God speaking to us and our conscience speaking to us. Can anybody tell me the difference? Yeah, what God well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I be, now I, I I disagree with that because I believe that our conscience is God-given. Well, if I be God-given, but I still make up my own mind. Well, we do, but what <clears throat> it what is. What is Uh, our conscience is, we'll go back to the illustration I was using with Ashley. Our conscience is the thing inside of us telling us, hey, if I touch this, I'm going to get my hand swatted. That's our conscience. John chapter 8, verses 1 through 9 says, And uh, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple. And all the people came unto him and sat down, and he taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. <clears throat> and when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. <clears throat> I, I, my only question in this whole story has always been, where's the man? Okay. Uh, yeah, probably. Yes. Uh, now Moses uh, in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? Uh, this <clears throat> they said, tempting him that they, may, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stood, uh, excuse me, stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he had not uh, heard them not. So when they uh, continued asking him, he lifted up himself, and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground, and they which heard it, being convicted by what? Their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest and even unto the, uh, the last in Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. Our conscience is a God-given device within each of us that tells us what is right and what is wrong. We know, oftentimes, <clears throat> and, and here we we see the 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 uh, illustration here that the conscience were uh, was in the unsaved people, the, the the men here. Okay, this is nothing that happens. At conversion, this is something that happens at birth or conception, actually. <clears> HC <throat> Trumbull defined conscience this way. Conscience tells us what we ought to do right, but it does not tell us what is right. That we are taught by the Word of God.. Amen. Now I want to I want to read this again so it kind of sinks in because I, I, I really think he he defines what the conscience is. Consci- uh, 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 conscience tells us what we ought to do right, but it does not tell us what is right. it uh, that we are taught by the Word of God. <clears throat> so, what is our conscience? It is a God-given thing within us that tells us what's right and what's wrong. So we can see Absolutely. What do you, who's preaching this message? <laughs> Man. <laughs> no, we're going to go. We're going to. We're going to get there. <laughs> Romans chapter two, verses fourteen and fifteen. Uh, when uh, For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, uh, these, having not the law, are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts. So there there you go. The, what is your conscience? It is the word of God written in your hearts. Also bearing witness in their thoughts, <clears throat> uh, the meanwhile... Accusing uh, or else excusing one another. So what is, what is our conscience? Our conscience is that thing that God puts within us that tells us what's right and what's wrong. I heard a story one time of a uh, of a small child who had atheist parents, and <clears throat> this something came up about God, and and the atheist parents started explaining to the child. Uh, how that wasn't true. And at the end of the explanation, the, the parents looked at the child and said, well, Do you have any questions? And, and a little, 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 little guy looks up on him and says, Well, does God know that? <laughs> 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 see, see what happened? You can't tell me a child that has ever been born that has not believed in God. Everyone has. But what happens? The searing of our conscience. Bitterness takes place. I was <clears throat> listening to the news recently, and there was a, a one of our politicians going off on um, abortion and, and different things, and how much they disliked anything to do with God, and just I mean, it was just it was a rant and i thought and it, this is this was my thought i did not i did not uh, anyway this this is what i thought i thought i wonder if that kid grew up in church i bet it, i bet it, i bet that individual did because most people that are that angry about god and the things of god were normally grew up in church and had something happen to them in church. Just saying. The trouble with <clears throat> following advice, kind of what Trion says, you know, we we do what we want to do. God puts within us a conscience, but we still do what we want to do. And the problem is the conscience that God puts in us, we treat it like a wheelbarrow. And you think, a wheelbarrow? What in the world? Okay, we follow our conscience, do we not? But the problem is we steer our wheelbarrow, or we steer our conscience according to what we want, instead of following the conscience that God has put within us. And one of the things that can happen is a searing or a a bitterness that can take place. What happens when we say no over and over and over? It gets easier, does it not? I remember when I was first saved, I did something, and boy, uh, man, I, I, I was almost sick to my stomach. I, 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 didn't, I didn't even know why, but God was working in me, and I knew what I knew what I was doing was wrong. What what do you think happened the next time I did it? Yeah, Yeah. it it was a little easier. And after five or six times, you know what? I didn't even think about it. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and uh, doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisies, Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. So what happens? It gets easier and easier and easier to believe a lie. What happens? Um, we don't we don't do it hardly an, anymore. But if you were if you were on a desert island and you had a really bad cut, what would be the best way to protect that from from getting infected? Cut it off. Cut, cut it off, yeah. No. Salt water. No. It, it would be to sear it. To get it to get a hot iron, get it nice and hot and just And what would what does that do? That 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 sterilizes it. But what else does it do? It you get, you, you will never feel anything ever again. Never. And that's what happens when we when we say no to god we keep saying no to god no to god no to god you know one of the things if that, that that as a pastor that scares me to death is when i know people who are not saved or who are not right with god and i go to them and i beg them please please and they say no 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 you know what happens i quit asking because i don't want their Hearts to be seared. Because they're going to get to the point, they're going to say no to God so many times, they're not even going to know God's there anymore. Titus chapter 1, verse 15. Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving uh, in nothing is nothing pure. But even in their minds and their conscience is defiled it is important that we understand the 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 impact that individual soul liberty has on our lives. Now, I told you at the beginning that I was going to share some things with you that you probably are not aware of. I have a picture for you. You got that picture, Chris? All right. Anybody know who this guy is? <laughs> yeah. I think he's dead. I, I really do. George Washington. <laughs> Good guess. Good guess. His name is John Leland. Does anybody know who John Leland is? Okay. Yes. But, but what he did in history changed your life. Nobody? Seriously? I remember teaching Tim, but I Okay, John Leland was a Baptist preacher in Virginia in the 1700s. Oh, that John. Mean- yes. <laughs> Early in our country's history, our founding fathers were debating Which church to make to have as our quote unquote state church? Okay, do you understand what I mean? Every country in the world at that time had a state church, okay, and there was huge debate. And you can imagine the people who were Methodists, wanted the Methodist Church, and those that were Baptists, and those that were, um, you know, whatever. And, and you can imagine the debate that was going on within the Congress, trying to establish a state church. <clears throat> it almost the, the the debate was so divisive. It almost tore the Congress apart. John Leland, let me me see if I can find it here in my notes. John Leland understood the principle of individual soul liberty in the Word of God. And he penned a letter to James Madison. This is what he wrote. The notion of a Christian commonwealth should be exploded forever. Government should... Protect every man in thinking and speaking freely and see that no one does not abuse another. The liberty I contend for is more than toleration. The very idea of toleration is despicable. It supposes that some have preeminence above the rest to grant indulgence. Whereas all whereas all should be equal, free, Jews, Turks, pagans, and Christians. What was he saying here? And, and, and please understand the mantra of the world today is tolerance, is it not? what he he says tolerance is despicable. Freedom is what we deserve. John Leland, along with John Madison, or excuse me, James Madison were solely responsible for getting the First Amendment added to the Constitution. Think about this. Two men. And and the reality is this man was was the one. He had he had to go through a congressperson. That congressperson was James Madison. They sat down and and, and created the legal language that made up the First First Amendment to the Constitution. And this is it. Congress shall make no law respecting any establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or uh, abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble, and to petition the government for a red red redress of grievance. It is a Baptist preacher who understood the biblical principle of individual soul liberty that got a hold of his congressmen and had them write in the First Amendment to the Constitution of religious freedom and freedom of the press because his his own words said, "Toleration, what was his exact word? is despicable. I want freedom. I don't want toleration. I want freedom. I want to worship my God the way I believe God wants me to worship him. Had it not been for this man, there would be even today, a state religion in the country of the United States. Individual soul liberty is also addressed in the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life liberty and the pursuit of happiness that my friends is individual soul liberty not only is individual soul liberty a baptist distinctive but it is also woven in the in the document the founding documents of our country but very quickly and I want to I want to go through these very quickly there are some There are some uh, uh, limitations or or cautions, if you would, to individual soul liberty. Uh, The first one is one person's soul liberty ends where someone else's begins. We call that civil law. When your right to choose infringes my right to choose, we have civil law. Is that, is that, is that not right? Yeah. Okay. And what happens if, you know, my neighbor, <clears throat> I don't know, I don't have a neighbor that does this, so I can say this. You know, what happens if my neighbor decides on the 4th of July uh, to walk out in the street and take his, his gun and start shooting, start shooting and, you know, bullets go flying everywhere. He's just, he's, he's drunk and happy. Does he have the, the right by God to choose to do that? Absolutely he does. Do I have the right to go out and shoot him too? <laughs> no. Okay. No, seriously. <laughs> 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 exactly. See see the, the the reality is his his right to do what he wants to do ends when it impedes my right to survive. Okay? That's called civil law. <clears throat> Romans chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. Let every uh, soul be subject unto higher powers, for there is one power but God. <clears throat> uh, the power, the powers that uh, be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the powers resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that uh, resist shall receive to themselves damnation. The second warning or uh, thing that we need to be careful of here is individual soul liberty does not mean that a believer does what he wants to do and not care about others. Uh, in other words, we do not want to become a stumbling block in the life of someone else. Paul put it this way, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, but take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to to them that are weak. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 13. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Now, is the problem meat? No, no the problem isn't meat. The problem is, well, we, we don't have time. I'm I'm almost out of time. The point is, we all have that freedom, that liberty. But as believers, we not only are restricted because of civil law, but we are restricted because we do not want to do anything in our lives that would cause another to stumble. For instance, I could go smoke marijuana if I wanted to, but right. it would be a huge stumbling block to my witness. There, there, there was somebody, I won't say who it was, <laughs> somebody in the room tonight, uh, last, last Wednesday, I believe, uh, was, we were talking and in, in the conversation, it came up that uh, this individual uh, was, um, how we say, um, not sober, okay, and trying to witness at the same time. Uh, didn't go too good. <laughs> okay? Uh, didn't go very well. Okay? Now, th- does that individual have every right to not be sober? Absolutely. But his choice to do that caused someone else to not hear the gospel. We need to be very careful. The third warning that we have (coughs) with individual soul liberty (coughs) is that individual soul liberty is not justification for disobedience to Scripture. It is not a license to go out and do what we want now we can't but every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess we do not have the right to go out and disobey disobey scripture first peter chapter 1 verses 15 and 16 but as he which hath called you is holy so be holy in all manner of conversation <clears throat> because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. And then let let me let me just close with this. John Leland. Because of John Leland, we live in a country that experiences something that no other country in history ever had up to that point, point. and that is the freedom of religion, Amen. the freedom of the press, the freedom to uh, uh, assemble. The freedom. Why? Because it is a God-given right. Yeah. And and I'm telling you, and I'm not trying to get political, that's not my point, my point but I, I will say this, our freedoms are going away. And we, because we love this book, we need to stand for what's right. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank You for this day.